रहा है हिंदी सिनेमा का सबसे बड़ा ब्लॉकबस्टर तो माकेदार होगा एंटरटेनमेंट जब करण जोहर आयुष्मान खुराना और मनीष पॉल होस्ट करेंगे फिल्म फेयर की शानदार रात फिल्म फेयर के मंच पर होंगे रणबीर कपूर करीना कपूर खान कार्तिक आर्यन वरुण धवन जानवी कपूर और सारा अली खान के इलेक्ट्रीफाइंग परफॉर्मेंसेस तो हो जाइए तैयार फॉर हिंदी सिनेमा बिगेस्ट सेलिब्रेशन वॉट द सिक्सटी नाइन्थ फिल्म फेयर अवार्ड ट्वेंटी विद गुजरात टूरिज्म ऑन संडे एटीन फेब्रवरी नाइन पी एम उंगली ऑन जी Stefan, 
Your mother's. Was she brought up? After that accident? No. No, I won't go up there. Control yourself, Alicia. Conquer these fears. Realize they exist only in your mind. Father was given a decent burial. You saw him in the grave, yes, sir? No, he's come back. You must hear that stuff on. Oh, tell me you hear it. I hear a noise of some kind. Probably a tree outside the window. But we'll soon find out. Oh, no. Take now. Opening the door to your father's room. I'll hold the candle up. <gasps> At least, what is it? A man. Hold him by the neck. Huh. I don't see anything, do you, nurse? No, Mr. King. I don't see anything. It was good of you and Miss Lane to come down so quickly, Mr. Franklin. Frankly, I'm very uneasy. So I gathered from your telegram, Mr. King. You also made you something about a gypsy church. It sounded extraordinary. It's even more sinister than you think, Miss Lane. It's already accounted for the lives of two people. My wife, father, and mother. Now I'm afraid that Elisa's life is threatened. So you start at the beginning. Now yes. that's just as fast as it's been a year. When George Stanfield, Elisa's father, was a young man, he fell violently in love with a gypsy girl. Essentially, he tired of he cast her up and now you're his mother. Oh, dear, romance went sour. Mm, very sour, I'm afraid, Miss Lane. The gypsy girl became crazed with grief and took her own life. But not before she had put a curse on George Sandfield and his family. Curse? What was the nature of this malady? That all three of the Sandfields, father, mother, and daughter, should die by violent death, Mr. Frenchman. Oh, hard. So far, it worked out to the letter. Lisa's mother was killed in... Lane, why do you see? And Elisa's father? Death by hanging in this very house. Apparently suicide. Yet he had no reason for being away with himself. He left no suicide note. See, there was another suspicious circumstance surrounding each death. The gypsies were encamped across the hill. The gypsies? They make their winter headquarters here, Mr. Oh. And they're back now. In that case, it seems a little strange you brought your wife back to this environment, Mr. King. I did it deliberately on good medical advice. I wanted to prove to Elise that there was no basis for you rocket fear to develop. At least, that's what I thought it would be. I see. And what happened in the meantime? Well, the first night we arrived, she saw, or thought she saw, the body of a man hanging in her father's room. All in her mind, of course. But, but it wasn't all in my mind. Elise. There was somebody in that room. Uh, Alicia, please. I have proof now. I went back in that room. I forced myself to go back in. I was so sure of what I'd seen. Uh, you, you were very brave. Now, uh, let me introduce our guest. Oh. Miss Lane and Mr. Cranston, my wife. How do you do? How do you do? Do you found something in your father's room? Yes, Mr. Cranston. I picked this up from the floor. Grass is. Goodness. It must have been lying there unnoticed ever since the house was locked up. I doubt it, Mr. King. It was tarnished in that time. You mean. You're rightly polished. 
should have been brought there more than four days ago. Then somebody's been playing tricks on my wife. <laughs> we'll know more about that, Mrs. King, when Margaret and I visited that camp. Well, I was holding my purse of finding the one gypsy with a missing earring. Perhaps. Unless we get help from the gypsy fortune teller. How is this? Okay, now. David, I've done it. You ought to have done that before she started wandering around the house. She almost upset the apple cart in front of Clint. But you're blaming me. I'm not blaming any. You know that. Then I put it. That's your doing, Stefan. I was all against getting that detective. I'm here. It's insane. We have to have someone to testify that Elise was going off her head. A nice old lady would have done just as well. That wasn't good enough for you. Oh, no. You had to have the great Cranston to match with. with. Up. Now he's got that earring, and Lord knows what he'll find out at the gypsy camp. Hurry enough to hang us both. Shut up. I won't shut up. It's my neck as well as yours. And if you think I'm going to risk it because of your crazy vanity. I don't like you, Elisa. I don't like you, Elisa. That's more like the girl, are you? You really know that? Of course. Then why did he have to go through with this? Why can't you divorce your lady? And lose her fortune? Oh, no, God. I've learned to enjoy money too much to get along with us. Aren't you forgetting, dear? It won't be anything that's unpleasant to that. Just the suicide of a mentally deranged girl. That Frenchman trying to prove anything different. <laughs> You have found the gypsy earring, Mr. Cranston. And you are very concerned over who might have lost it. Huh? You take me for a fool? Why, Jesus? I've had experience of your kind. Meeting outsiders only mean one thing to gypsy. Trouble. There'll be more trouble if you refuse to give me information. And a murder takes place at the Stanfield Mansion. Thanks. Then it is true. Just as the car through, it has come back. Brother? The gypsy girl, George Stanfield, drove crazy 30 years ago. He swore she would come back from the grave to destroy him and his dear wife. But that's in part, is it? Remember, she came back twice before. And each time it was in the car. Look, I deal them out. And you can see for yourself. There. He is guiding my friend. The black Followed by the queen. It is certain death, I tell you. To see, to be seen, back from the grave. Take it easy, lady. (laughs) You live longer. Come in, Grandino. I was hoping you would drop around. I got some extra pepper customers tonight. Miss Lane and Mr. Crumpton, the detectives. You don't say. Any little murders you once solved, Mr. Cranston? That's your specialty, Grandino? Sure. I know all about them because I commit them. (laughs) (laughs) Tuesday is my murder day. The rest of the week I'm drumming up the season. Which were you doing four nights ago in the old Sandville Mansion? I noticed your right ear is pierced. 
Here's the earring you left behind you. Why, you... And I've got a gun, whatever he sees. <laughs> Take it easy, Mr. Sanson. Relax. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> you live longer. I'm still waiting for my answer, Grandino. What are you doing at the Sandhill place? I have told you, Mr. Cranston, it was Ruby, the ghost of the poor child. I doubt a ghost could give me a window getter. Whoever is Grandino has nothing to say, we'll take it up with the police. Come on, Margo. <laughs> You're funny, Mr. Cranston. <laughs> Very funny. Glad you think so. I usually play for the last laugh. Tell them, Mark. They're both of mixed up in it. The first way Gerda suddenly changed character when I mentioned the Stanfield mansion. Yes. But then the weird old fortune telling me. My hunch is she was trying to protect someone. Well, I don't even far enough. Into the shadow of the flag. Then we're not going to the No, I just threatened that to put the pressure on Grandino. It's up to him to make the next move. Look. There he goes now. He's in dirty junk. Yes. Apparently in a great hurry to get someplace. We're going to follow him, Margo, but be careful. Remember, he's got a knife. More than likely, he knows how to throw it. Hello? Grandino, Mr. King. Oh, I told you never to phone this house. Take it easy, Mr. King. <laughs> if it's Cranston and his girlfriend you're worried about, I fixed him. What? They took him into their head to follow me. <laughs> I let him a merry chase, all right. To the swamp. But the quicksand. That's the idea. They're good and lost now. They'll be lucky if they ever get out. You blundering fool, how dare Take you? Take it easy, Mr. King. There isn't healthy talk. I'm phoning from the diner to say I'm coming over to see you. No, it's too dangerous. Be right over, Mr. King. Sandino. Sandino. Ah, blundering idiot. He's ruined everything. You mean Miss Lane and, uh, and Cranston? If they ever get out of the swamp, they'll be too suspicious. Watch every move I make. Oh, perhaps it's all for the best. Oh, don't start that again, Cora. Come on. Why did I go to anyone? Oh, easy to fall. What? I need to know now. I'll work out some other time. I won't stop till I wipe out every last member of a Stanfield family. And the police. You killed Alicia's father and mother. What are you talking about? What? What's been in your mind? Revenge. That's why you want to do away with Elise, too. Uh, you don't give a rap for me. You never have. You're just using me as an accomplice. Darling, listen to me. No. It's too late now. Yes, too late. Oh, yes. Yes, too late. Now you know too much. Oh! Stephanie. What's nice? You're another fool who had the medal. Stephanie, you're mad. If you kill me, you'll never escape. You're wrong, sir. My one way out. I've been working out a plan, you see, to start with you. We will return to the shadow in just a moment. Folks, if you do not have a blue coal temp master automatic heat regulator on your furnace, you're missing plenty. You are missing the wonderful worth-saving ease that automatic temperature control gives. The temp master eliminates every trip to the basement with just furnace samplers. And you're missing, too, the even, healthful, steady heat that only automatic temperature control can give. 
The tent master with its electric eye thermostat is on the job every minute all day long. It's far more sensitive to temperature changes than your body and keeps your home exactly at the temperature you set on the upstairs thermostat. Yes, you're missing carefree heating comfort in your home if you do not have a blue coal tent master. And a tent master is so easy and so inexpensive to install. You really can't afford to be without one. Actual records prove that a tent master saves so much fuel it can easily pay for itself in a single winter. So tomorrow, call at your nearest blue coal dealer and ask him to demonstrate the temp master in your home. There is no charge or obligation. Your blue coal dealer is listed in the classified section of the telephone directory. Now, back to the shadow. Lamont and Margot in search of the truth about a strange gypsy turf, had extricated themselves from the swamp into which they were led by the gypsy Grandino and are now entering the Sandfield Mansion. The key. The key. I hardly expected it, Margot. My guess is he's out there worshipping a fist with Grandino. Well, almost certainly. First job is to get a lease out of this house and to safety. After that, we can complete our case against the other two. Let me see. Is this the room? Yes, we'll do that, sir. There's something holding the door. Maybe a lease will be fair, but it doesn't feel like it. Yes, it's right on the road. Well, come on, Margo. All we can do is follow. I'll go first. Careful, darling. I'll give you a hand down. Here I come. We'll try the garage first. See if the car is gone. Oh, yeah. Over there, Mr. King. He's been hurting him off. That gas on his forehead. Mr. King. You hear me? Oh, Mr. Johnson, help me. There you are. What happened, Mr. King? I heard a noise, and I came out here to investigate, but there's a scream for the leaker I ran up to the window and. I can't remember. Elise is gone. What? Oh, they're taking her. Imagine, Mr. King. Margot and I are going after Elise now. Come on, darling. Forget this, Mr. Clanson. Forget this. Here now, what happened? Whatever game Mr. King is playing with Brandino is that side. Brandino must have kidnapped Elise, probably for ransom. Probably taking her back to the gypsy camp. So, Margaret, there's only one person who can tell us for sure. Gertha, the fortune teller. Yes. She's going to get a visitor she didn't foresee in the car. The shadow. Why did you bring me down to the line, Mr. Grandino? I wanted to private talk with you, Mr. King. Well? Five thousand is not enough, Mr. King. But that was our bargain. Now Grandino is changing the bargain. <laughs> Five grand was all right when I was just playing tricks on your wife, like uh, pretending to hang myself. And a mess you made of that, dropping your earring. But now I've gone on to bigger stuff. I've become an uh, 
an artist, you might say. The Botticelli of the Black Duck. But a beautiful wound you have on your forehead. You didn't have to hit me so hard. You almost broke my skull. <laughs> <laughs> it made a monkey out of Cranston. <laughs> he's upsetting me now, looking for your wife. And all the time she's lying here doped in the wine cellar. <laughs> yes, Mr. King. That ought to be worth a lot of money to you. How much do you want? Twenty-five grand. You can afford it. So be a rich man soon. <laughs> a fortune all to yourself. Left by your poor, dead wife. Uh, uh, I'll be there. Are there glasses of wine? Yeah. Makes you thirsty looking at these big bats. <laughs> yeah, it's a success. Mud in your eye, Mr. King. Ah, good job. Mr. King, thought it over? What? The 25 grand. Oh, yeah. Yes, I've come to the conclusion, Grandino. Uh, you won't need that, Monsieur. <laughs> You're funny, Mr. King. <laughs> You're exhausted. <laughs> In fact, uh, very soon now, you won't need any money at all. <laughs> very soon. What? What did you put in that? It worked fast. You should have stuck to your blackjack, Grandino, and left blackmail alone. <laughs> You're funny, Mr. King. Very funny. You'll get a gypsy burial, Grandino. Your body in a swamp. And then, then, I'll be ready soon. Wrong with the cards, they pay me nothing. Two fishes come up on the numbers, numbers, numbers. Because your days are numbered, Geta. Who's there? This is the shadow, Geta. <laughs> I hear a voice from nowhere. Shadow is right here, right here beside you. What do you want with me? Where is Elise King? I don't know. She was taken from the house. Her husband was not unconscious. What's this one? What's that one? Where is the gun? Seem very concerned about the Sakinia. I, I, I believe I understand. Uh, I don't suppose you feel as affectionate toward Grandino? No, I always say to him. He was always snooping around my wagon, trying to find out things. What things? No lies, get up. He was curious about my little boy, the child I adopted long ago. I see. So you raised an adopted child, Gerda. That must have taken money. Where did you raise it? I had a rich admirer once. He was generous. I think I can guess his name. George Stanfield. But this locket around your neck should pull it. There. Shadow. Give that back. Not till I've read the inscription. My beloved Ruby. So that's it. You're a crazy girl who was supposed to have died of heartbreak. The gypsy girl who cursed the Stanfield family. No, no. lives on to take your revenge. It's you, Goethe. Or should I call you Ruby? Listen to me. I haven't time for that now. Your son must be stopped before he commits his last crime. You will be too late. The last of the Stanfields must die tonight. The cards say so. But the shadow says no. <laughs> I have a surprise for you, Elise. Yeah? Yes. I found it when I was exploring up here this afternoon. 
this old time. Do you recognize it? My wedding day. Yeah. Let oh. me place it around this table. Oh, no. Don't. You must believe. Do remember how happy you were that day? So happy. Perhaps you put the dress on again. That happiness would come back. Everything that has happened since would disappear like a bad dream. Oh, if it only would. Yeah. Look how prettily it's just the costume. Oh, yes, so calm, so calm. Oh, my dear. Take my hand and step up to the altar. Up to the altar? You remember the scent of the flowers and the organ playing softly in the background? Oh, yes. Yes, And do you remember the present I gave you that day? Oh. Close your eyes, my dear, and I'll put them on again. A rope of pearls about your neck. Oh, yes, you I... feel them touching your throat? Oh, but... Yes, a rock. Feels like a rope. Oh, Rosalie. Oh, my neck. Goodbye, Elise. Last of a stand. Feels your throat. What is it? There's a woman in here. Where are you? Where are you? Right here, Stefan. <laughs> Whose voice is that? The shadow, Stefan. I've come for you. Your crimes are over. You can't prove anything against me, Shadow. I can prove murder for one thing, Stefan. And for another, trying to drive this poor girl insane. Yes, Shadow, she is insane. And that's why you can't prove anything against me. I can prove you're the son of Peter, the fortune teller, Stefan. And that for her sake, the sake of revenge, you killed Elise's mother and father. Then you killed the nurse. And perhaps Brandino, too. Yes. Brandino, too. But he'll get the blame for the nurse's death, Shadow. No one can convict me as long as Elise is out of her mind. No one will have to, Stefan. You yourself are going to write a free and open confession. Are you mad? No, but Elise is. And she's coming through now. Huh. What do you mean? You'll find out. Can you hear me? Shadow, your friend. Oh. Oh, there you are. Stefan, I love you.
And be sure that you order the right size of hose. I thank you. This story is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The names, characters, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. The Shadow is presented by the T. L. W. Coal Company, distributors of blue coal. The Manson is played by Brett Morris. Margot by Grace Matthews. Your announcer, Andre Baru. Remember, it's blue coal for finest heating service. It's blue coal for finest modern equipment. It's blue coal for the best home heat money can buy. <laughs> Friends, partially handicapped workers are often better workers. Your local public employment office lists many workers who are not handicapped for your business, who are more careful, more reliable, more conscientious. Yes, it's good business to hire the handicapped.